in my brain, I had the the rational thought at the time, just got to break this guy's arm. Like it wasn't even a question. Like in my brain, I'm thinking, how best do I literally break this guy's arm? I'm Justin Lesko, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt and former pro MMA fighter. And I'm Mike Callahan, a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt and a law enforcement officer. Coming up on the show, we're looking at bad habits in Jiu-Jitsu and ways to fix them. Also, are Brian Ortega and Jessica Andrade back to championship form? Maybe. Yes. For one, maybe no. Probably no for the other. This weekend coming up is also one of the most anticipated fights of the year between Khabib Nurmagomedov and Justin Gaethje. And we'll preview that as well. But before we get into all that, this episode of the show is brought to you by Crown Rash Guards. Yeah, so they actually have a new version of their original Rash Guard. It's called the V2.0. And it's actually the one that you've seen us wearing if you've been checking our Instagram page. Yeah, I've been looking handsome in the black one. And you've been looking uh, slightly less handsome in the brown. So we'll agree to disagree on that part. But uh, the Rash Guards are equally as good looking we'll just say that they're minimalist rash guards so they're not over the top or garish 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 it's a word anyway uh you guys can head over to crownrashguards.com and check out their affordable and minimalist rash guards and this is where i say welcome to that jiu-jitsu podcast yeah well like when we were rolling the other day, I was trying to do a, a lot of the stuff that I was watching the guard retention anthology yeah. and there's so much good stuff in there. So much good stuff in there that it's hard to like, as you're actively training. Yeah, to you can't. It's, work Im- it yeah, all. it's impossible. It's impossible. But it's so crazy. Like we've talked, we've talked about this in the past, like just the availability of like YouTube and BJJ fanatics and like instructionals and stuff. It's crazy compared to when we were white belts and YouTube but it was almost like instructors would tell you, like, don't go on YouTube, right. don't watch, don't work things that I'm not teaching you. But I think that mentality is shifting a little bit. It absolutely has. But like, so that was definitely viewed as like a bad habit, I think, um, like when we were getting into the game. But the quality of the instructionals um, yeah. has, yeah, I, has I would say that drastically that, changed. So it's evolved so much. That I don't think we consider that a bad habit anymore, but I think there are also things that will, no matter how, no matter how much jujitsu changes, will always be a bad habit. Like there's stuff that will always be, please don't do that for your sake and mine. Please don't do that. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Th- there are uh, there are certain shitty things to do in this sport that will remain timeless. I think number one on the list is. For your sake and my sake, wash your gi. Wash your gi. Yeah. Wash your gi. I mean, that's just... I mean, I, it's just be a fucking clean person. It's It seems like a weird thing to have to tell somebody, like, hey, clean your clothes. Like, what other sport do you go to the gym and just throw your gym clothes in the trunk of your car and yeah, drive home? Dudes. And then the next time you show up to class, you take it out of your trunk. The other day, I went to train, and before I trained, I grabbed my my geese and like I just hang shit up all over my garage after I wash them to dry right so I I grab my gi and I grab my rash guard and it was the fucking wrong rash guard and it was that long sleeve like head whatever rush rash guard that I have that I must have rolled in two weeks ago and it was just like hanging on and I I didn't realize it until I put it on at the gym and I'm like motherfucker but I had that shit that you gave me oh the spray yeah so I just like bathing in it in the locker room and it's still fucking stunk. I felt bad. 
But so like I don't, like if you want to be if you want to have shitty hygiene, like that's a personal decision. But when you're doing a sport and engaging so right, closely like, with other people, you don't com- get to make have that some common decency. Take a shower, wash your clothes, like trim your fucking fingernails, just practice good hygiene. Trim your fucking toenails too, so you're not slicing my fucking femoral artery through my gi pants with them. Luckily, luckily, I know how to apply a tourniquet. Fuck. Luckily. All that training's paying off. <laughs> First responder training. I already can tell there's going to be comments below this YouTube video of people saying, wash your gi, but don't wash your belt. Don't wash your belt because that's where all your magic is stored. I wash my belt. I do. I don't know. It's something I, for, I would say for a long time I didn't wash my belt, but now I would just hang it up on the hook when I left the academy, but now... Skews me out a little bit because I see the other people who are more sweaty than I am just hanging their belts up too. And if it's gross for me to think about them doing it, then I should probably wash my belt. But the debate rages on, I guess. Here's the other thing. You know the worst, and, and this has happened a few times. Like if you have a, some type of fucking rash or, or, or fungus or you have fucking ringworm or MRSA, like stay home. Or COVID. Like right now, if you're listening to this in 2020, like if you have COVID, stay home. No, yeah, I mean, but like, yeah, I mean, like if we're talking, yeah, but that COVID has nothing to do with like hygiene. You know what I mean? No, 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 no. But, like but just you, the, like, the stay home. Generally bit. speaking, about personal hygiene, like if you have a if you have ringworm or you have fucking MRSA, stay home. That shit spreads like wildfire in a gym. You know, just stay the fuck home. If you're a gym owner and you find out that somebody's coming into your place and knowingly has something, like obviously COVID now, because COVID's life life threatening, and to a, 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 a smaller extent, so MRSA is too, right? Because people can die from MRSA, but but I mean, like even like ringworm or or any type of you know skin rashes or something. Like if you know that somebody's coming into your place with that knowingly and they're training with people, like kick them the fuck out of your gym. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, don't yeah. let them fucking train there, like, ever again. Like, you don't want that shit. So, just my two cents. I agree. I also think for your own benefit, not a hygiene issue, but if you're not stretching at least a couple times a week, not when you're at the academy, not when you're rolling. So, we go from, we go from don't bring in potentially life-threatening things to make sure your muscles are warm and stretched. Well, maybe we shouldn't have started so high with like the life-threatening stuff because I think any, everything else that's a bad habit is probably not going to kill you. You have to ease it back down to like everyone's already assumed to stay alive level of yeah, yeah you should stretch, and avoid injury. I stretch every night watching the television for like 35 minutes. Holy shit, do you really? Yeah. yeah. See, I lift weights. You know what I mean? Like I only there's only so much time. Like I, I I've started I've started. Bro, there is only so much time in the fucking day. It is I, it's such a cliche thing to hear people say, but there literally is only so much time in the day. And it's the only time that I can sh- stretch is while we're watching Big Brother and The Bachelor. I just got to get on the ground, stretch, foam roll as best I can cuz I feel better when I do those things. If I'm watching TV, if I have the time to sit down and just watch TV, I might as well do something productive and try and stretch. I've always lifted weights and like I would do like sporadic cardio, but I've over the past month, I've I've picked up the cardio. Um 
So like maybe not just stretching, but like like supplement your training. You know, yeah, you got to perform some form of supplemental self care that's going to enable you to keep training jujitsu. Because if you don't, you're just going to get hurt, or you're not going to get the most out of your training. And that's sort of the whole point is to get the most out of your training. Yeah, supplement your training. I think the, I think one of the biggest bad habits that white belts have is not tapping to a submission does not mean you're defending that submission. So like you might be rolling with a higher belt your arm might be straight in an arm bar. And just because the guy was nice and didn't break your arm in the training room and let it go, it doesn't mean you escaped that position. So not tapping, you're just putting your training partner in a spot where he's got to decide to let go, to not be a dick and break your arm. So just tap, just like get over the mentality of you're losing. Cause you're not in the training room. If you're, you're just, you're getting better. So if you're not tapping, you're not getting better. I agree. Uh, and like it puts like the higher belts in an awkward position too, because then it, it, it undoubtedly pisses them off, right? Like you're like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. an, it it's you know, it's an ego thing on a on a couple different levels. Like it's obviously an ego thing for the white belt who doesn't want to tap, but at the same time, it's like to the higher belt, it's like, like dude, I could break your fucking arm, or you know, that's why Danaher always says he's like, there's no questions with uh, with strangles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you just know, go to sleep. You go to sleep. And I, and but again, I don't want to have to be putting white belts to sleep. I feel much better about putting somebody to sleep than I do about breaking a fucking limb. I feel. I do, but I don't want to do either if I can avoid it. Do you know, want to know one of the weirdest things about MMA? It's crazy how when the fight starts, like your brain sort of switches and you're not really the same person. At least I, this is my own personal experience. So I had a fight where it was a championship fight and there was like, 10 seconds left, I spun off for an armbar, and it was straight. I had it. The dude wasn't tapping. So in my brain, I had the the rational thought at the time, just got to break this guy's arm. Like, it wasn't even a question. Like, in my brain, I'm thinking, how best do I literally break this guy's arm? And the fight's over, and like, you know, I won, because, you know, I won. And then you come back to, like, your normal life brain, and you're like, man, that was a weird thing to think totally straight of just i guess i'll just break this guy's arm like it's a totally normal thing to do that's an assassin's mentality you gotta have it it was weird it was well you it, gotta have weird, it though, if you don't have if, you have to have if it. you don't have that mentality you're you're you shouldn't be in the sport right but it's just weird that like that's not a normal thing to think in any other part of your life except that one very specific situation yeah. where you're like okay i'm gonna do my best to break this guy's arm and fortunately, his arm didn't break, I guess, and I won, so win-win all around. But tap. Not tapping isn't a defense. Yeah, don't be a douche. Put it a little bit more blunt. Don't you hate when you're rolling with a white belt? And you might want to work on, like, side control escapes or, or something, so you kind of let them pass your guard to get to, like, a dominant position. And then you overhear them telling the other white belts how they passed your guard. You ever had that experience yeah the, just one name comes to mind who like was always keeping score in a training room but um yeah yeah so it and it's difficult now like the place i'm at now it's it's difficult to like i, I realized the other day it's going to be extremely difficult to fully implement 
things into my game because there's not like the classes that I go to. It's just all high level guys. Like we drill and everything, yeah. but like if you're drilling something and you're like, holy fuck, like I want to implement this into my game, like you're not going to do it with a three stripe fucking or third degree black belt. You're not going to yeah. do it with a, you know, a third yeah. degree fucking brown belt. Like you have to drill yeah. something. Like you have to, you understand it in theory, right? And then you have to start putting it in, you know, you have to drill it and then you have to drill it like situationally. And you can do that with high level guys, but in terms of drilling it live or, or pulling something off live, like it's, it's nearly impossible to do unless you're going against white belts and blue belts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a symbiotic relationship between higher belts and lower belts where yeah, both parties can get something out you of You need my knowledge and-, and I need your lack of knowledge. You know? So I I don't know. I, I think that like, yeah, the, again, that comes down to egos. And I think like the last two things we talked about can kind of just be covered by don't have an ego. You know, like come to the realization that as a white belt or a blue belt, like if you're getting put in positions that you feel like you that are advantageous to you like they're you're mostly put most likely put there for a reason yeah you probably got put there you didn't get yourself there and there's a difference between those two we were just talking about this so like another thing came to mind where it's like and i've seen this happen before i've actually had this happen to me before um so at at the at this new place that i'm at at, at United, like, I got caught by one of their blue belts. This dude was a monster, right? I got caught in a um, yeah. an X-choke by one of the blue belts, and it was just something that, like, snuck up on me, and I didn't even realize it was coming. But, like, that's the beauty of jujitsu, man. Like, you're in the sport. Like, you have to – shit happens. You know what I mean? Like, so getting back to what I was originally saying, something that drives me crazy is when – You'll be rolling with somebody, or you'll see two guys rolling, and it's a lower belt and a higher belt, and 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 somebody locks in a submission or does something, and the higher belt knows that he's beat, and all of a sudden yeah. it'll yeah. go from, you know, competitive like competitively trying to get out of it to like in a split second like he'll start coaching them through the submission. Have, do you know what yeah, I'm yeah, about? yeah 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 so yep, it'd be like oh yep. that's tight but if you do this and it's like bro shut the fuck up i have your like i have your back i'm choking yep, you right now yep. like it's gonna finish just fine like afterwards <laughs> you can talk to me about it and you if you think that there's an, a different way that you can yeah it, but it's, it's like you said before it's an ego thing you don't want to admit that you were getting tapped by a lower belt so you start to coach them through it or Somehow you you're 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 injured all of a sudden in a different part of your body that they're yeah faking injuries yeah yeah like I don't I don't care if like my legs about to fall off if I'm caught in a submission like if you're catching me in a choke or you're catching me in an arm bar like I'm not gonna like I'll deal with the injury afterwards or I'll just tap and then I'll deal with the injury if I'm legitimately yeah. injured but I'm not gonna tap and then like say like it was unrelated to this you know what i mean i think a mistake that i made when i was first training when i was a white belt and i i guess you could call it a bad habit i just had this mentality of there i didn't have the difference between a guard that was hard to pass i had a guard that was hard to break so i would pull close guard and just hang on for dear life and it's sort of a bad habit in that i wasn't thinking of like how can i do anything i was only thinking 
how can I survive? How can I yeah. not have anything done to me? And I would look at it as a win if for three minutes someone was in my clothes guard with their posture broken. I wasn't sweeping or attacking her at all, but I walked away thinking like, oh, that blue belt, he couldn't pass my guard. And it's like, while technically true, it's not really like doing anything for anybody. So I think you should have the mentality of don't have the habit of like, I just want to survive. Like you have to try to engage in the rounds to get something from it. Yeah, it it goes back to like like you need to evolve. You know what I mean? Like if you're just trying to survive and surviving's you know one thing, like there's something to be said about, you know, doing that, but at the same time like you need to evolve. Like you whether it's like if you are like we're guard players, like I'm a half guard guy. Um, but like, I'm always trying to evolve my half guard, you know, I'll start off yeah. similar, uh, I'll start off in similar positions, but I'm always trying to think like, how can I work from here? Yeah. It's like, you can't do the same thing over and over. Right. You got to figure it out. And if you don't, you're in trouble. I think a lot of these come back to, like we said earlier, like an ego thing. It is. And thinking about not wanting to lose in the training room. And if you try something new, if you try to play a new guard and it gets passed, and you're a good guard guy, you don't want to feel like you just got your guard passed. Like, that's a bad feeling, so... It's egotistical. It's competitive. Like, a, like you're in a competitive sport. So I get it to a certain extent. But, like, it's not going to benefit you to be competitive. Like, if you want to be competitive, right. you have to take it... You have to pick and choose your spots when you're competitive. And, and in the training room, it, the competitive nature should be dialed back a little bit because that's how you evolve. All right, so I think to sum up, if you're a white belt listening and you want a nice condensed list of habits to avoid and what to do differently, make sure you show up. Don't skip classes. Do some sort of lifting or stretching or preferably both to take care of your body. Don't have an ego as best you can. Try new things. Wash your gi. Wash your belt. Trim wash, your nails. Wash yourself. Like, take a fucking shower. Wash yourself should go without saying, but wash yourself. Anything else I missed? No, just be humble. Be clean. Be humble. Just be like us. We're the most humble guys you'll ever find. I'm not. No, I'm not. Humble I'm, AF. I'm an I'm an egomaniac, but at least I'm aware of it. Like I'm, I have a. There's a certain level <laughs> you know, of self awareness. Like, we talk about like check the ego and like that's a yeah. bad habit. And then we're gonna we talked about in the last episode about how one of us is gonna kill the other if they hit a tap. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. It's like, But I mean, that's different. It's because, uh, this is the nature of our relationship and how it's you know come to be over the years. But I don't really think I'm an egomaniac in jujitsu. Like I think I've really calmed down. Like I used to be like when I was younger, I used to be the guy like slamming the mat if I would lose. Reef Snyder's probably listening to this podcast because he listens to all of it. Like Reef Snyder always used to call me out on slamming the mat and everything, and he would act like he was fucking the, the Dalai Lama on the mats. But at Reef Snyder, I've seen you slam your hand on the mat and storm off more than once or twice. So don't <laughs> don't you go judging me for punching the mats. Well, every time you've gotten mad at me, it's because I've tapped you with a thing that you didn't think I should tap you with, and that was just me expanding my horizons. So I didn't. The you... only time I ever got you got really mad, and it wasn't. I don't get mad at you. I get mad at myself. It's I know, just, but it's just more fun to tell the story about you being mad at me as opposed to like, oh, I hit you with the Callahan Triangle and you yeah, were so mad I mean, at me. I mean, and just, just if we're story. being honest, it was it was like a one time. It would literally you hit me with it one time. And it was a lapel, it was a, a triangle that was combined. It was with basically a, a Bravo triangle from like a semi-closed guard. Yeah. Maybe, maybe 
that would be a good instructional for us to put out later in this week when we train in a few days. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna have no parts of that. You don't want to do it. No, because it does it like it's there's no need to do an instructional on it because it's never going to happen again. I'm probably the only person in the history of jujitsu. It was just one of those things when you're in that stage of doing stupid shit and it just happened to stick. It'll never happen again. All right. And it'll 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 literally never happen again. Well, if you're listening to this and you want to see a breakdown of the Callahan Triangle, please send us a message on Instagram. And if we get enough of them, he'll be forced to let me do it. So, no. In the MMA world, we have a lot to discuss. We had a busy weekend last weekend. And then obviously we have the Khabib fight coming up. And we'll, I guess we'll go chronological. So we'll start with last weekend. I was very impressed by both Ortega and Andrade. I think Ortega. I think that's a win that does enough for him to get back at another title shot. Yeah. Um, and he hadn't fought in two years. So there was... Yeah, you don't realize that was such that was so long ago, but... If Max was still the champion, I would, be, I would, I would say that it was less likely. But yeah, he's going to get a title shot. I think Dana White already said it. So, and, you know, he, uh, the way he fought the other night, who knows? He looked very... He looked very smooth in his striking. Not that he had bad yeah. striking before, no, like we saw he did to Frankie he's Edgar. He's a jiu-jitsu but guy. He's a jiu-jitsu guy. And last, on Saturday, against Korean Zombie, who is a great fighter, he looked like, it, it was two different levels. Right. It just was two different levels. And Ortega looked very smooth in his movement and his footwork. And it was, it was a very impressive win. If you're going to, and here's the other thing, if you're going to compare it to the Frankie fight, like he, he was getting beat on the feet. Not like he wasn't getting killed, but Frankie was definitely getting the better right. of that fight before he hit that elbow, you know? So, um, but he, he outclassed um, the Korean zombie, like start to finish. It was, he was, he was well, on point. You, you mentioned the elbow, that spinning elbow that he Oh, hit my God. Yeah. Dude, I watched the replay like three times just yeah. to watch the elbow over and over, man. It was it was clean. and He's got some vicious elbows. When you look at his record, he's 14-1 and one now. His only loss is to who some, including me, would consider the greatest of all time featherweight in Max Holloway. Yeah. Like, He's not. He doesn't have a bunch of losses to nobody. He's got one loss to the best to ever do it. So, and it's 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 a matter of if not him, then who? You know what I mean? If it's not going to be him, then who? Who else? And that's and here's the thing with. Let's jump to the other one, Andrade. Like, there's literally no one at 125, so she's probably right. going to get a title fight because who the fuck else is there to fight? Right, right. Like that that and, division needs to go away. Besides, besides Shevchenko, like, yeah. I mean, I I thought that again. I thought that Andrade looked very good, but she's coming off of back to back losses before this win. So yeah, and and it, she lost to to Rose, and then she lost to Zhang Weili, which again, two former champions, like two great fighters, but she just doesn't have the same record as Ortega. And even though she looked great in this fight, I think that second loss in a row and then rebounding this weekend, I just don't think it's, it does enough to propel her into like, no, she, I, I, but like, would you be surprised if she got it? Because there's literally, I wouldn't be surprised. It's just, I think of the two of them, you had two, two people bouncing back this weekend. And I think just Ortega, he had less of a distance to bounce, and he still bounced higher. 
and Andrade had a bigger bounce ahead of her, and she didn't bounce quite as high. So, and I don't know how I feel about that analogy that I just yeah, used. Yeah, but it's but okay. I'm going to give you a fact or a fiction. You let me know fact or fiction. Okay. Justin Gaethje is the biggest test of Khabib's career. Fact or fiction. And I realize I could have said true or false, but fact or fiction sounds classier. Fact, because of his wrestling. Fact, because of his wrestling. Yeah. I don't know if he's... Fa- I, don't, I don't know if Khabib's faced somebody with the wrestling capabilities of Gaethje. He's he's a he's a better wrestler than um, Justin Gaethje, but you think you think Khabib is a better wrestler like in a pure wrestling match? You think Khabib beats Justin Gaethje? Uh, Justin s- Gaethje's Division One All American. I don't I don't okay. know. All right, so so that you saying this m- makes me realize that you've never heard this story. So Ed Ruth, who is one of the greatest NCAA wrestlers of all time, he fights in Bellator's welterweight division. And he was a three. Yeah three-time NCAA champion at Penn State, and he placed third his freshman year. So he had three career losses. And uh, there's been multiple accounts of Khabib fucking destroying him in the training room in a wrestling match in at AKA. But by Daniel Cormier, is he the lead source on these accounts? It was Brendan Schaub. It, it was... It was uh, uh, Darren Wynn or somebody else, but I mean, it was. I'll take the word for it. Yeah, I. I mean, and that's that's. I don't know. You'd be hard. Like so, there's so in college wrestling, there are, there have been th- four four time state or four four time national champions, and I think there's only five or six three time national champions. So this guy is one of the top ten greatest. NCAA wrestlers of all time, and Khabib was, you know, rumored to be manhandling him. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and he's and he's and okay. he's much larger than Khabib too. So, um, yeah, I think Khabib's a better wrestler than Gaethje, but we'll see. Because again, the reason it, so obviously we're talking about the wrestling within one minute of talking about this fight. The wrestling, I think, is going to determine the outcome of this fight. I think that. Gaethje is his biggest test. Gaethje is a defensive wrestler. He's not a very offensive wrestler, which we'll get to in a minute what I think the ideal strategy would be to beat Khabib if you're Gaethje, but it's going to be, can Khabib land the takedown or not? Because if Khabib can't land the takedown, which I think is unlikely, I think he will take down Gaethje, Gaethje's the better striker, right? Mm-hmm. There, we're in agreement there that yeah. Gaethje's the better striker of the two. I think if you... If you were Justin Gaethje, I think you would try to beat Khabib at his own game. I think you'd try to offensively wrestle with Khabib, which he already has said in the media that he's not going to do. But again, people say a lot of things in the media that they're not going to do, and they end up doing it anyway because yeah. strategy and gamesmanship. But I think if you're if you have the wrestling credentials that Gaethje has, even though he wasn't an offensive wrestler and he was more more of a defensive wrestler you got to try to take it to Khabib. Khabib's going to come forward with pressure, and you have to do something to negate that pressure. Yeah, but, I mean, if if you're saying... So there's different... You know, if he's coming forward to... You know, and you're saying that... That's still defensive wrestling. Like, I, off, offensive... So, so offensive... So you're saying that he should be out there, you know, not backing down from him, pinning him against the cage, you know, going forward... Yeah, you know, actively yeah. shooting from a distance for takedowns—that's not going to work. 
I don't know if he should be shooting from the open, like hitting an open shot in the middle of the cage. I think he should do what Khabib wants to do. He should follow his strikes in and look to engage behind his striking to then work his own takedowns. I don't think he should be like, look what John Kavanaugh said about the Connor fight. They worried so much about Connor defending takedowns. They came away from their own offensive game plan. And I think if Gaethje is preparing for this fight, thinking only defense, only defense, only defense, you're, you're taking something away from yourself. You need to, yeah, I, you need to do something to stop the takedowns besides just sprawling on the takedown. You know, you know what I mean? Like, so there I needs think to be an element of forward. The, I think Gaethje's style can most aptly be described as like a modernized version of Chuck Liddell's style, right? Because look at these guys that he's lost to. He lost to Cerrone and he lost to Eddie Alvarez, didn't he? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. right? So, those guys, like, he's just very stubborn. Like, he, he's a better wrestler than both of those guys. Much better wrestler. Justin Gaethje, in his entire UFC career, has been on the bottom position for, like, 15 seconds. Like, literally yeah. 15 well, seconds. That's gonna... And in both, case, in both cases, it was Michael Johnson clipped him and knocked him down. Yeah. And in the Eddie fight, he was, like, exhausted and injured. Or not injured, he was exhausted and hurt. And Eddie, like, tripped him down. And that, he right back uh, up in both cases. that stat is going to tr- change fucking dramatically. I agree, but However, it doesn't give us a lot to go on to see he how he's going he to work to get down. himself back he, up. He, he's a sprawl brawl kind of guy, and and he is he's fit. if he can keep this fight on the feet, that's where his best chance is to win is to keep to keep this fight on the feet. Um, obviously, if he ends up on top of Khabib, we've I don't know if Khabib's ever been taken down. I don't think he has been, but if he ends up on top of him. You know, it's pretty safe to say that that he's going to be in a very good, very good situation. Um, but just keep it, staying off of his back because if Khabib gets on, like, you're not getting up. What we know what Khabib is going to do. Khabib does it in every fight. He's going to come forward, going to push to the cage, use the cage to set up his takedown, get on top, and just start grinding it out and doing his damage. And he does it every single fight, and people can't stop him. And that's very impressive that when you know exactly what a person is going to do, you can't stop it. He's a very impressive fighter. I agree that that's what he's going to do to Gaethje. He's going to attempt to do that to Gaethje. I just, we don't have any sample size to see how Gaethje fights off of his back. He was straight up, in both times we've seen him in the bottom position in the UFC, he was straight back up. I don't know how he's going to do that against Khabib. We'll see. I think what's going to happen is Gaethje in the Tony fight, his most recent fight, was much more technical, and he was still he was still throwing power shots, but he wasn't throwing wide, wild, looping shots, and he wasn't taking huge chances. But even if you watch the shots that he lands against that he landed against Tony. There's still openings there for counter-wrestling by Khabib. He's still going to be able to go under some of those shots and hit the takedown. So I think the takedown is inevitable. The big question mark is, can Gaethje get himself back up and have enough time on the feet to do enough damage to win the fight? Uh, I personally don't think he will. Yeah, I, don't I think, think Khabib will, will win. It's just, it's, it's, regardless of what we think, it's, it's, it's impossible to bet against Khabib. 
I know. You, you just you just can't bet against Khabib. You just can't. I mean, the guy's twenty eight and zero. Like I just said, you know what he's gonna do every fight, and he does it successfully every fight. It's a. I don't think it's a good bet to bet against him. Maybe if there's crazy odds, I'll throw five bucks on it. But don't bet your house on Gaethje. Khabib's gonna win. Uh, probably by decision. I agree that Khabib will win. Part of me thinks it'll be a decision, but I don't like to agree with you on both accounts. So I'll just say Khabib's going to win, and I think he'll finish him in the fourth. Okay. So did you see that fight to win is is back in Philly? Yeah, they're here till like Thanksgiving or something. They're here for multiple weeks in a row. Right. So these guys, they call themselves uh, like Team No Sleep. That's like the production... Yeah, it's just yeah. you know it's, they call each other. Um, yeah. So I just found this out. This this is the first um, indoor sporting event that's been able to host fans since this whole thing started. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, and it's social distance, and it's a limited amount of tickets yeah, and yeah, all yeah, that yeah. bullshit. But yeah, it's it was the first time, and Nate, it was a really it was a really good show. John Blank was on there. Um, yep. He won the Nogi. I think it was the middleweight title with a pretty sick heel hook at like seven minutes into the bout. Um, yeah, dude's, that dude's good, man. That dude is really yeah, good. He was, he was fourth place at uh, ADCC. That He just opened up yeah. a gym. I've been up to the, the 10th Planet Bethlehem place once or twice. Yeah, that's but, not so far from us. Right. He opened up one in Allentown, which I think is even further. Yeah. But a lot of a lot of the local guys, it was good to see them back out there competing. They're back this weekend again and they they got a bunch of of um of people, local people. So Well that's what they always do that. Seth Daniels from Fight to Win is always good about that where he does these cards and he pulls a bunch of talent from wherever they are and now that they're here for like a month straight doing cards every weekend It'll be a good opportunity for local guys, local to us, to get up there and compete on a big stage. And they're advertising it, you know what I mean? Like they're they're yeah. they're sending out feelers to local fighters and everything. But um, Grace Gundrum's fighting this weekend. Yep. Uh, yep. Vinicius Ferreira, the, he placed second at uh, ADCC. Um, Jared Wiener's yep. fighting. He just got a fight. Um, I just saw that he announced that they were doing. At the time of this recording, it's just announced. So you might be hearing this later in the week, but. Yeah, yeah, so it's I, I'm Diana J said that she's going to uh, accompany me to this event on Friday since wow. my other friends are fucking losers and present company included won't go. So um, yeah, man, I am stoked. I'm stoked to uh, that it's back in Philly. I'm stoked that you know they're letting fans in to it. And we talked about it before, but this is like you know say what you want about Seth Daniels and those guys, but it is. Like, you know, they're not making what they were making prior to this pandemic. And you know that, yep. you know, it's taken a lot of energy and they're jumping through a lot of hoops to get these events put on the places where they are. But, you know, they're fucking doing they're it. They're doing what they can to get grappling shows out there. Yeah, and they're doing it. And getting guys exposure who right now otherwise are not and giving local guys a shot on these cards, man. It's, yeah, it's, it's awesome. important for the sport. It's important for the sport to, to have events like this where you can have local guys... Like, we've competed for Fight to Win. I've competed on the same card as Eddie Cummings. Like, you don't really get that in MMA where I'm not going to go fight on the same card as Connor just because I want to 
because Seth offers me a match. Like it's very cool that you get that sort of local feel where you got local guys that you know and can cheer for going on the same stage as the best guys in the world. It's a very cool event. Another thing to think of is like if you look at like things that have like really changed the landscape of jujitsu, like fight to win has to be up there. Like Seth Daniels yeah. and fight to win has to be up there. So like yeah. fight to win, like BJJ fanatics with these instructionals, um, like flow grappling, you yeah. know, like these things are, you know, not necessarily people, but like when, you know, the jujitsu history books are written. Like we're going to be able yeah. to look back and those are three of these things where we're going to be able to say, you know what, that really, that really flipped the script that changed the game, yeah. you know? So yep. you're going to have chapter one will be flow grappling and chapter two will be BJJ fanatics. Chapter three will be fight to win and chapter four. That's your podcast. You. Yep. You know, I knew it. that was coming. I know it was coming. <laughs> well, I'll be doing the two screens on Saturday. I'll do, UFC fights up on the TV, and then I'll have my laptop down here with flow grappling going for fight to win. So, yeah, I'm I'm pumped. It's a five hour fucking show, dude. I yeah, didn't man. tell Diana that she's sitting in the other room. Die, it's a five hour show. All right, guys, thanks for hanging out with us. If you want to follow either one of us or the show on Instagram, we're gonna put the links below. Also, we have video versions of all of our episodes available on YouTube, and we're gonna put the link to that below. So feel free to check that out. I'm also gonna to link to our Patreon account. Patreon is where we have all of our bonus content, instructionals, technique breakdowns. We do bonus episodes, monthly Q&A, a blooper reel every month. So check that out for tiers as low as $3. And it's really a great way to help support the show. I'm also going to link to the fundraiser page for the charity match that I'm doing in two weeks for Tap Cancer Out. Any donation you can make is greatly appreciated. And if you're not in a position to donate, just sharing the link also helps our cause. So give it a look. Say Callahan Triangle. Not going to do that. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.